Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kenny Conversation, brought to you by JEGS, the leader in high-performance aftermarket car parts. Remember to go to JEGS.com to make your vehicles more awesome. Well, we are really lucky because uh, we don't get very many people out of the dirt super late model world. And we, we've had a couple, but now we finally have your most recent 2023 World of Outlaw Champion, Bobby Pierce. Bobby, welcome to Kenny Conversation. Hey, thanks for having me, Kenny. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Man, you, you are calm right now. Why are you so calm? Uh, probably because I'm not in a race car. <laughs> and you're witty as all get out. Well, Bobby, listen, uh, just a little bit of business. We're going we're gonna to dive deep into it here in a little bit. But, uh, man, oh, man, you've wrapped this 2023 World of Outlaw Dirt Super Late Model Championship up in your first year trying. This is a huge deal, and you had an incredible year. Just a quick take on how you're feeling right now as you guys get ready for uh, the World Finals in Charlotte. Uh, we're feeling pretty good. You know, we go into it with such a big lead that we can just relax and go into Charlotte. It's been heck since 2014 the last time I was there so uh yeah we didn't want to go into it with the points battle being tight because we were like man you know uh that could get interesting with us not really racing there much but yeah we're pretty chill so um we go into that deal then we got some more races we got to tackle after that but uh yeah looking forward to it all right let's get down to business we know that you've got a lot of race fans and uh, we're going to tackle all that a little bit later but first at hand, uh, you just came back from Eldora, the Lucas, uh, you know, dirt late model championship. First of all, I know that all of you drivers got the hell beat out of you. Track was gnarly. Yeah. How are you feeling right now physically? Uh, this is the first day that my neck isn't so tight and sore. Wow. Um, just from bouncing around. I know I told my mom right away after the race, I was like, mom, I got a concussion, a mild concussion. I know I do. Just it was that rough. It was the roughest track I've ever raced on in my life, just with the speed. And um, to be fast, you had to just send it through the rough stuff. You know, you saw Brandon won the race doing that. Somehow his car didn't break. And uh, we had a couple of things break on the car, slowed me down. But uh, my thumb was also a little sore because early in the race, I got in a wreck. And never once in my life has my uh, fingers been stuck in the wheel. But this time it, it must have slightly got, you know, a little hurt there so it was sore but um i'll be all right ready to go for the next one and uh the car is was my main worry you know it was it took a beating um heck the the skid plate underneath was was ripped off the there was shocks blown out there was uh the radiator was almost knocked out um motor mounts bent down just all sorts of stuff so wow i mean you know i've been lucky enough to run eldora but never at the speed that you all are running now with the right front down, left rear up, yeah. just massive amount of grip and just about cheating death. Now, I know you're a brave soul. Was there any time in that race that you went, what in the hell are we doing? <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, <laughs> I was debating, you know, racing it or not. And, and it, it was on qualifying day when I was like, man, I was dropping down, uh, you know, on, on the board there. And I was like, if I, if I end up like eighth or ninth, I'm just going to load up. Well, I ended up seventh in qualifying, so I raced. But, uh, 
No, there was a kid next to me, um, race the B main. He's like, man, it's, it's getting really rough. And I'm like, well, whatever, we're going for a hundred thousand dollars. So we sent it, went out there and, you know, gotten that wreck early on, but then we eventually got back to the lead and we're leading this thing for a hundred grand. There's still like 60 laps to go and the track's just getting rougher, but it's like, what do you do? You know, you're racing for a hundred grand. So you just got to stay out there. And I uh, fell back to third, ended up running out of gas, got back out there, finished sixth because there was only like six cars on the track. So, yeah. um, but you know, Brandon Shepard that won the race, I asked him how he felt and I was like, you know, you can't feel too bad. He got a hundred thousand dollars, but he said that uh, his left side was pretty sore from like his, like his, uh, his leg and his, uh, he had a headache and stuff like that. So it, everybody was, uh, it was taking a toll on everybody and, I got a feel for them guys that were going for the championship, you know, um, to have a track like that. It's, it's a lot different. Yeah. There, there's so much to break down about this, this Lucas oil championship. Um, let's wrap, let's wrap the race up, but, but let's talk about it just a little bit. Then we'll go to your opinion on this whole format that is so controversial. So you, you're digging, you're, you're in and out of the pits. Cars are falling out like flies but you get up there to third, you run out of gas, you go in and out. What made you keep digging? Is it is it just money racing for the family or you're just 26 years old and you don't know any better? Uh, <laughs> I would like to say I just don't know any better, but unfortunately, I after owning the business for a little while now, I, I do think about that in the back of my mind. You know, man, this is going to be costly, but... Um, the money was nice, but it's also the dirt track world championship. It's a big race. Um, I've never won it before. So you want to go win races, you know, it doesn't matter if you're racing for pennies or, or, or whatever, you know, you're racing against that kind of competition. You want to beat them, but, uh, yeah, man, it, it was tough. And, you know, it was a lot of, uh, processing. Should I stay out here? Should I not? And heck you saw guys like Tim McCready, he's, broken his back years ago and he was still out there just at the chili bowl at it uh jimmy owens he's uh a bit older now and he was going at it too so uh hat off to them guys that were yeah out there but but everybody let's just clarify everybody paid a price but we do it for the love of racing uh but we hear it all the time how expensive this sport is these motors are sixty thousand dollars these shocks are thousands of dollars each uh, you win a hundred grand, you need it all because you got to rebuild the motor and the mm. whole car. So I get it. Thank you for uh, bringing us up to date, how you're feeling. So let's move on to, you know, the controversy at hand. And uh, I'm going to phrase it like this and then we'll talk about it. So Lucas oil dirt late models, they decided early this year, we're going to run this format. We're going to copy NASCAR. You're, that see that's the way it looked right there at Eldora. <laughs> so the dirt Lucas Oil late mile, they said we're going to copy NASCAR. We're going to take the final four, and we're going to go to Eldora. Little did anybody see Ricky Thornton having a year like you. You two are pretty equal. Both of you dominate your respective deals, but you know. You guys are normal, you know, in the world of outlaws. So give me your opinion on this specifically. What did you think when you heard early in the year that Lucas Oil was going to use this format? 
Uh, right off the bat, I was hoping, man, I hope that Word of Outlaws doesn't use that format because um, I have a lot of comparisons that why I think it shouldn't be used. And, uh, you know, uh, you can you can look at any major uh, sports, look at the NFL, for example, when they're playing on their football field, whether it's turf or natural grass, it's almost the same. But every single racetrack we go to, we got quarter miles, we got half miles, we got banked, not banked, different types of dirt. As you know, racing dirt, red dirt, black dirt, that all feels different. It all goes into it. So uh, you take your whole year and you combine it while you're racing against these guys. You're racing against the same guys every night. So um, everybody gets the same chance to beat the other guy every single night. And uh, I just feel like, you know, you go into that last race, you know, that's like saying, okay, the Chiefs versus the Eagles, now they're going to play on rock instead of grass. So good point. Um, or you're going to play on a, on a sand beach instead of grass. It just mm. throws a big curveball at you or a different size field. It's just um, it adds a lot of excitement for the fans. I will say that. I think some people enjoyed it, especially how it ended up. But I do know that a lot of people thought Ricky Thornton deserved the championship. But what do you do? Right. Yeah, we, we are at I made a, a Kenny Wallace show. This is Kenny conversation. Kenny Wallace shows where I give my opinions. And and I said, we are in a time in life where kids your age. Now, you're different. You're wise. You're quiet. You're you're just you're just different, Bobby, in a good way. I'm bragging on you. Uh, people don't know what they want anymore. Uh, so I said and I, and I want to know what you think about this. What do we want? Do we want a show or do we want to race? And when we race, it could be like any other sport. It could be 10 to 2, but you're going to have to take it. You're not going to have to condemn it. So what do you think about that nowadays? You know, do we want a show or do we want to race? Right. And I don't know. I I like the typical point format where you just take your best races and, uh, or you you take all year, every race. And, uh, you know, that's with world of outlaws. Heck, I would hate to go into Charlotte with knowing that second, third and fourth have a chance to beat me after really we dominated the world of outlaws this year. So, uh, it's tough, but what do you do? Some years though, I, I was really hoping that first place and second place in the points were neck and neck heading into that last race. Cause then it would have been like, see, you didn't even need to do anything special, but um, some years you'll have that some years you won't. I think as a racer, you work so hard, your crew works so hard. Everybody does, you know, every race is so important and this kind of, it, it kind of takes away the importance of every single race, because if you know, huh, I just got to be in the top four, I'm not going to worry about, busting my tail to to catch this guy or, or, or you know we got to win this race we got to win this race you don't have to so it kind of takes away the importance of every single race in my opinion yeah and you know conversation with you here not so much of a question but you know we we have a group of dirt racing fans that hate nascar which is fine that, that's fine but in nascar now remind you lucas oil late models copied nascar on this format mm -hmm. yeah okay so I hate NASCAR, but hold on. Every single year that NASCAR has had this format, one of those top four end up winning the race. It hasn't happened yet. Now, I'm sure it will. 
So with that being said, you are the world of outlaw late model champion. You, Nick Hoffman, you all went into their turf. What did that feel like when they dropped the green flag for you? Were, were you a little nervous having to race, race around Ricky Thornton and those guys going for the championship? Oh, I, yeah, I definitely was. And I said it a lot that I don't want to be the guy to cause any one of them to fall out of the race and, and lose their shot. So um, there was an instance I was I was racing next to J.D. and, and Hudson and uh, we come off the corner and we're almost going three wide and I'm in the middle and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to back out of this. And oh, you're a good man. It yeah. You're racing for a living. And, and that's one moment that you found yourself in a situation. You didn't want to be that guy that wrecked the championship guys out. So what is your thought on, you know, in NASCAR, because the fans compare in NASCAR, the players play. OK. You guys. You World of Outlaws invaded their turf. Do you think that's fair? Uh, I mean, I don't know. We There's been several races this year. Um, like I won the go for 50, which was a 50,000 win Lucas race. I won, um, heck, what was it? Something else. And then there's... there's oh, some, I'm going to read those stats. <laughs> there were some races like Ricky Thornton came in. He won the Peridot Classic, which was a World of Outlaw race. I finished second. Um, I think there was another instance where something like that happened. Hey, there was a War of Outlaw race, uh, the USA Nationals that I won um, by a slim margin, and Hudson threw a slider on me on the very last lap. What a race. What a race, yeah. What a race. We had a, we had a couple of close finishes this year. One of them was by like two one-thousandths of a second. But yeah. Pretty crazy. But, no, I – you know, it, it, you treat every race the same, but in the same sense, uh, you know, take Shepard, for example – if he was battling for the win there on that last lap with any of them four guys, you know, maybe, maybe he would have been just a little more cautious about it. Uh, but, you know, in the same sense, them four guys had to be cautious because they can't fall out of the race. So everyone kind of had to take a little bit and, you know, give, give a little bit. So it is what it is. So we'll wrap this up controversially. We will wrap this up controversially. So we know that this Lucas Oil late model, we know this banquet, usually somewhere at the Lucas Oil Stadium up there by you, your, I believe it's your girlfriend's house. Is that the Indianapolis Colts? <laughs> Is that where I see you and your, you and your, your Chicago Bears and, and Colts? Yeah, I'm, I'm a Bears fan, but I'm, <laughs> I'm a Colts fan too. And Yeah, she was a cheerleader. And, uh, but no, one time I actually had this funny story. Back in school, we were in like the fourth grade and we had a uh, like wear your favorite sports jersey to school day. And uh, I had a Brian Urlacher jersey and I had a Peyton Manning jersey. Oh, my mom literally cut them in half because she knew I liked both teams. She cut them in half and she sewed them together where it was like half Urlacher, half Manning. And I wore that. Your mama loves you. So (laughs) and she is your mama's all about it. A wonderful family. I know your family well. Your father's helped me out so much. But so th- this banquet, and we're going to wrap it up right now. The Lucas Oil Late Model Banquet will happen. Do you think they announce at the banquet or do you think they announce after? The, are they going to do this again? <laughs> or do you think they'll go back to a normal point system? And you don't got to be right. It's just nobody knows. What do you think? Yeah, I, heck, I don't know. There might be some guys that know, but. Um, 
All I know is I hope World of Outlaws doesn't because I like I'm gonna yeah. follow World of Outlaws again next year and I like the format they how they do it, just the regular old school, and uh, we'll see. I mean, hey, it did cause a a, lo- a little bit of drama, you know, at the last race, so maybe they'll do it again, but uh, we'll see. I talked to uh, Michael Rigsby, uh, you know, who used to own Flow, still very, uh, very influential. Michael Rigsby, and, and I texted him yesterday. He said, most likely the most eyes ever, a lot. There yeah. was like a lot on Sunday night. Nobody, it yeah. was that perfect storm, Bobby. Uh, it was Sunday night because you guys got rained out. The, the cup race was over. It was that perfect storm where, you know, everybody watched you guys. Everybody knew what was going on with, with you. But um, so, yeah, I hear you. Well, let's. Okay, we put that to bed. Um, before I remind you how great you are, and we do this with all the drivers, before we do that, let's talk about the end of this year. So we know that you're going to wrap up the world finals, but I believe you got a couple more championships that you're fighting for. Um, I see Castro Flow Night in America championship. I see the XR championship. You got a quarter of a million dollars laying out there. Tell yeah. me what's up. Uh, yeah, so War of Outlaws, it is sealed up. I just got to show up and uh, start the races, basically, and I should have that. Um, then we go to Sonoya for the uh, the Flow Championship. We have two races, and me and Hudson O'Neill were uh, basically neck and neck. So we'll see who wins that deal. That's seventy five grand to win. Wow. And I'm also leading the XR Super Series, and that's 75 grand to win. So, yeah, there's a lot of money on the line, and um, yeah. And then we go to Gateway, your your hometown. Yeah, the dome, <laughs> the dome. It's you know, while I have you, you know, and like I said, this conversation is about I just respond, I listen. I've I've always said that the dome is not meant for everybody, but. But you and Shannon Babb and, you know, Shepard, you, you Illinois guys, you're, you're a different breed. You are, you know, you got the guys running through the middle, you know, down south in the clay. But then there's you guys, uh, which are bull ring dominators. So tell me about the dome. Uh, obviously, it is what it is. You grew up racing on those tracks at Belleville, Belclair, Macon. Tell me about the dome. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's like racing back in the day and making, you know, just go out there and send it, put up, put on your worst body you got. And, <laughs> but no, it's uh, the dome is magical for sure. You know, um, anytime you get to race inside of a dome, it kind of has that electricity in the air where, you know, you feel like uh, you feel like you're out there on the football field or something. You're, you're a superstar and uh, you know, you got these 800 horsepower, cars just the the noise is incredible like you got to go and check it out if you're a fan haven't been there before you got to go check out the dome i recommend it the racetrack it's going to get rough and uh are going to have the same deal but hey at least we're going about the third the speed as we did at eldora so we won't tear up as much equipment do you feel like the dome although you can win 30 grand do you feel like it's a theatrical event i've always said it's a celebration of dirt racing you're not going to get rained out yeah. What do you, what do you, what's your feelings about going to the dome? And I mean, I just want to dive a little deeper inside your brain. Do you get jacked up on Mountain Dew when you go? 
Man, you have to. That's the yeah. only way. That is the only way. You just got to go out there and ride the bull. <laughs> I feel like you do that every race. Yeah. Sometimes it is smooth. You know, we won the Thursday night portion last year, and it was really smooth. But I kind of stunk up the show. So they were like, eh, we got to add some character to the track. And then from That's there right. on, it was cowboy up. But you know, we've won, we've won that races two times. And um, since we won it them two times, I think it was uh, 17 or 18 and 19. And I haven't finished a race since. So mm -hmm. on Saturday, on Saturday, I have not finished a race there since that. So that's my goal is to finish a race. So our goals are to win all three championships and then yeah. go to the home and finish the race <laughs> and, sell, and sell a lot of T-shirts. You, you, yeah. Boy, that's another subject. But I mean, I, I want to respond to what you just said. Your, your goal, uh, just for not in life, not in life, but what is your goal? the rest of this year just say that one more time yeah my goal is to of course win the world outlaws win flow championship and win the xr super series championship so that'll be three championships and then go to the dome sell a lot of t-shirts and and the goal is to sell a lot of t-shirts at charlotte too i'll say that there's a lot of people there T tell me about uh i've never really you know i've interviewed davenport and then nick hoffman and you know i've interviewed probably six dirt racers but I never talked about souvenirs. I want to dive into this just for a, a minute before I remind you about all your stats. <laughs> but this t-shirt deal, is it true? I'm going to be specific. Is it true that you all have, have to sell t-shirts to survive? Or is that a myth? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the way I do it, you know, if... Um... If I don't win races, if I don't sell shirts, yeah, I don't know how we could keep getting to the next track. Cause you know, I don't race for somebody where um, it's not like I just get a percentage. So I, I got to pay the bills and everything. And um, you know, everything typically that you make in racing, you know, your race winnings typically go back into the race car. They go to paying crew, they go for overhauling engines, paying for tires, you know, all that stuff getting up and down the road. So um, t-shirts is kind of, uh, where you, uh, are able to put food on the table, but it's tough, but Hey, when, when it's going good, it's going good. And you just gotta, you know, keep giving it your best. And, you know, we're in a way we're, uh, living the dream. So, uh, we work hard and we race a lot of races, but when it's going well, it's going well. And you just try to keep that up. There's an inside joke in racing. When things are junky, you go, we're living the dream. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a tough road, Bobby. I admire you. I think you're incredible. So, all right, this is the time, Kenny, conversation. We do this with every driver. We're not going to skip any driver. So I looked up your stats. I'm going to need a couple minutes here, but this is to remind all your fans. I say it every time. I'm not going to stop now. <laughs> Brother, Brother Rusty says you got to remind people. That's because right. they remember what they want to. So here we go. Give me a little time. This is nuts. 2023 stats. First, first year in a Longhorn chassis. This is insane. 34 wins so far this year. Over 900,000 in race winnings so far. Obviously, motors and tires and everything. <laughs> You got this World of Outlaw Championship locked up, headed into Charlotte, your first year trying ever. 
Also leading the flow series, as we talked about, the XR series. This is another subject. This is your greatest year. It's got to be. Arguably, I think, this is my opinion. I think you're arguably the number one ranked dirt late model driver, you know, dirt on dirt rankings. I, I think, you know, it's going to be a hell of a race between you and Ricky because you guys get the best of each other a lot. Um, let's look at some of these big wins and some career highlights. I put a lot of work into this. Uh, world 100 winner. Wow. You're 26 years old and you've already won the world. When, what year did you win that? I was 2016. Uh, I was 19 years old. Unbelievable. North, South, down in Florence two times. One for 50 grand, the other one 75 grand. USA Nationals. Silver Dollar Nationals, as we talked about, the Dome Gateway Dirt Nationals two times. Vegas, Duel in the Desert. They go, go for 50, which you won by .002, and I watched that race. That was insane. Oh, yeah. Uh, Five-time Summer Nationals champion. Five-time UMP Dirt Car National champion. Google tells me you raced in 30 – now – Interrupt me. Google tells me you raced in 30 states. That's accurate. You won a race in New Zealand with them <laughs> funny-looking late models. <laughs> We're almost done. This is a big one. Set quick time in the NASCAR truck series at Eldora. Started racing late models at 13. And I'm going to end it like this. 282 career wins so far so bobby is all that pretty close yes yeah, that's that's about accurate i know my website stays updated and i think that's uh what it is i got a little i have for them states too i have a notes list in my notes where i keep track of all the states i've raced in all the tracks i've raced at i think i'm up to like 200 different dirt tracks that's awesome uh Crazy. kenny schrader taught me that and i had a uh, laminated old atlas and I'd take a marker. I got up over 100 and I lost the damn atlas. But so, Bobby, here, here's my conversation with you. You're 26 years old. I just read all that off to you. You've already done more than a 60-year-old man that has, you know, depleted his racing life. You've already done more. When I read all that to you and you're listening to everything, like right now, what do you think of what goes through your head? Uh, makes me feel like I've been doing this for a long time, which I have, I guess. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's great. Cause man, I mean, it's, it's everything that you work so hard to do. And, um, you know, it's hard when you're a racer to sit back and kind of look at everything you've done. And, uh, cause you're, you're always go, go, go looking at the next race. And that's what your focus is on. Sometimes you're looking five races ahead just to get a game plan. So um, you don't get a whole lot of time to relax and, and look back and, you know, see all the accomplishments. So it's nice. And that's what we do it for. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. So, I, I, I got to thank a lot of people that have helped me get to that point too. You know, one being like my dad, um, obviously I, none of that would have been possible without him. The legend, the legend. Yeah. So, okay. You, I, I got, 
lots of conversations going on right now after listening to you say that. You say you got to thank a lot of people. Uh, th this is crazy for me to say, but you guys, you guys own your own team. So even though you've won all this money, you've spent it all because of the motors and the tires and you got to live. Mm -hmm. Do you need a big sponsor? Do you need a sponsor next year? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I do. Um, I have a spot open on the car on, on the quarter panel. So big spot, basically the basically the main uh, marketing sponsor for 2024, one of them. And uh, yeah, if anyone's interested, uh, we'd love to have you on board. <laughs> hey, let, leave it up to me. I'm the king of getting sponsors. Uh, so I know everybody's listening. Hoker, uh, Allgaier, everybody. We need somebody to grab a hold of, uh, you know, Bobby, I, I got to tell you something. You can slap me if you want, but I love you and I care for you. And it bothers me that you've got to win all the time to make a living. It's just, that's a shame. You, you know, it, it's just my opinion. Like I said, bitch, slap me all you want. I, I just see you running ragged. I admire you for that. You're, you're a hero to many because they know that those fans know you're against all odds. Do, do you feel like sometimes you're against all odds or is it just normal to you? Mm, it's pretty normal. You know, yeah. you just, just, just hey, it's either going to work out or it's not. God, you got to, I think, I think what you just showed right there is why you're so good. From what I can tell being around you Hello. and I've been around you a lot. We know this. Uh, I feel like when you get in that car, you just start singing a song or something. Does does anything rattle you besides your your mom or your girlfriend? <laughs> does anything rattle you? That is true. No. Um, yeah, you know, the only time, heck, as much as I've raced now, the only time you ever get nervous in the car is, uh, you know, when you just want to perform your best. You, you know, you have a chance to do that. You could be. Have you, you, you probably felt this before. You were probably more nervous in the car when you think you got a chance to win. Hunter, hunter and thousand percent. Yeah, right. I, in my cup career, when we're quick time in all the practice sessions, it's like, oh no. Yeah. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm quick time with natural ability. Now I'm going to go out and I got, I know I got to step it up because everybody else is going to step it up. Right. To this day, people go, God, Wallace, you qualify good. I said, that's from all those NASCAR races, knowing that, you know, nowadays everybody's locked in the race. In my day, if you didn't qualify, you didn't qualify. Right. So, Bobby, you're, you're right. So you're telling me that when you know you got like the dominant car, that's that's when you get nervous. I mean, it, it's it's a mixture of the two because, you know, you, you do get uh... – a confidence boost when you're fast, no doubt, or when you've won several races, it's, it's almost like a confidence boost, but then you're almost like, man, maybe I can keep winning. And then you're almost more, cause you know, as a racer, you just, you want to, uh, you want to win. And that's the, that's your main worry is not winning, you know, cause you want to go win every race. At least I want to go win every race possible. There's not a race that I think I can't win. So, um, when, when the car's junk, when I'm junk, it's just like, eh, whatever. I don't care. But when I'm fast, then it's like, okay. I, I we capitalize on this. I want to give you a compliment. I, I think that you're one of the only drivers in dirt racing today 
that when your car's junk, you will somehow will it. <laughs> will it? You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you ever feel like that? Do you, has your car, you're like, what in the world? It's falling over on the right rear. <laughs> and, and, and somehow you, yeah. you win. And that's why you like a good racetrack because some tracks, you know, if your car is not good, there's nothing you can do about it. And, you, you know, it is what it is. But if you got a track out there, a little bit of cushion, a little bit of moisture you can get a hold of. But a good racetrack that you have lanes to race on, racers love that. So, yeah. And then you can make yeah. something happen. So, n- nice little statement I want to I wanna say. First of all, we love it. The fans love it when you send it. Um, you made – you brought the – you brought the sliders black back, you know, like you said, you, you got a track, you can't pass. We're at the old bell, 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 Claire, you know, hopefully Brad Loyette is going to bring bell Claire back for midgets. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, he teased a post. He, he lives here one mile from me. I could walk right up there to Brad right now. Uh, so we don't know, but the sliders that you threw, I think made you famous because when you threw the slider, you were going for the win. You you didn't throw a slider for fourth. Right. Do, do you think when you when you did these, you you were just going for it? And then the response to the fans, I think, uh, tell me about the slider days, which were very <laughs> controversial. Um. Yeah. You know, I guess slide jobs are more of a thing that you would see uh, in in other forms of racing, not not nearly as much as late models. And then nowadays it's, it's pretty common, but uh, sometimes, you know, to, to fully clear a guy and get past him, you, you got to do a slide job and um, growing up racing in, in Illinois, you know, that's uh, you kind of learn how to do that, I guess. And um, I mean, it, anyone's fine with it as long as it's clear and, you know, heck uh, years of doing it, you've uh, you get better at doing it and, and, and your judgment gets better. That's the thing. Like, you know, anyone can go in there and pull a slider. It's the judgment of whether or not you should or not. Um, and, and sometimes, uh, sometimes it, it's just like anything. It takes a while to, uh, of learning and experience to, to get better at your craft. And, you know, uh, heck I've raced a lot. So I pulled a lot of, uh, probably not clear sliders, but you know, the majority of them I would say are, and, uh, yeah, it, it makes, it makes racing more exciting. I yeah. Glare in my face. I'm trying to get rid of. <laughs> You're fine. Don't worry about it. It's daytime. So, man, look at this. We've already been going 36 minutes and just and just to going because you know so much has been going on in your career right now. Speaking of that, uh, here you are, only 26 years old, and I, I, I'm ashamed to to ask this, but I I feel like I gotta ask it. Uh, your dad's a legend. Uh, my mom's a legend, but my mom's 85 years old. My mom ran powder puffs. <laughs> so with your mom and dad uh, getting up there in age, listen, I get it. They're there every day. They love you. They love you with your life. You just told me, you said, Herm, I got to get back out in the shop, work on this race car. <laughs> so what is your goal in life right now? Knowing that the tall, cool one, your great father is, you know, we're all getting older. What, what is your goal? Where, where is this at? You're going to keep owning that team? You're going to go, I, as far as I can tell, you're the only one that owns a team. Everybody else drives for somebody. Yeah, there is a lot of, like most, I would say the top late model guys all drive for somebody, uh, um, or at least they have, you know, uh, 
an owner that owns the uh, motors, cars, haulers. Sugar daddies is what we yeah. call them. It's a quick shortcut. And I've got some good sponsorships too, no doubt. But um, but yeah, you know, my goal is to uh, keep doing it this way. Uh, you have more control over your team. You can, you know, make your own calls, uh, call your own shots, basically. And uh, it can be tough sometimes, but you know, at the end of the day, if you can make it work like that, it, it should be better in the long run because, uh, you know, you just have more control and you don't have to. Uh, it, it's probably more pressure driving for somebody than driving for yourself, even though it is a lot of pressure driving for yourself because, you know, um, you, you I mean, it is you. The whole operation falls back on you. But, um, yeah, you know, so far, so good. And, yeah, we'll see. My dad's taught me a lot. And, uh, heck, he always drove for himself you know he he there was times where he drove for other people but uh towards the end of his career it was always he was just driving for himself and he's kind of instilled that in me that if you can make it possible to to do that but uh there's some great car owners out there too and you know i, I you know someday i might drive for somebody again but we'll, we'll just have to wait and see yeah well you're 26 you can 10 years from now you're only going to be 36 I started dirt racing at 44 years old. I mean, that's, you know, and, and Davenport, <laughs> I'm sitting at a bar with Davenport, Jonathan at the dome. And I started, you know, I, I'm, I'm serious. I was serious about my dirt racing and uh, Jonathan would not have any of it. Cause he knew I made my living in NASCAR. He <laughs> goes, you don't got to run good for a living here. And it, I'm not saying it hurt my feelings, but, uh, yeah, you guys race dirt for a living. That's how you eat. So yeah. with that being said, I know this is on the same subject. I've been to your shop. I've been in your house. Um, you know, your fame, like I said, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just explaining to the people why I know all these things. I want at Kickapoo, Danville. You said, come to my house. I took a look at your operation. And then you fast forward 10 years and you see Mark Richards who owns Rocket Chassis. And I know that you guys are blood, sweat, and tears. And your house is basically not, but bolted to your shop. <laughs> and, and then you look at these videos of, you know, I'm not blaming nothing on nobody. I'm just saying, do you ever look at Rocket Chassis? They unload their car in a miniature blue beacon. <laughs> I mean, it is like a, it is like a factory. When, yeah. when you look at that Valvoline car and how well oiled it is, what, what goes through your mind? Do you look around and go, what the hell? Yeah. We've always said, you know, like they are a well-oiled machine, no doubt. And uh, yeah, you know, but shops don't win races, but I do have goals of uh, owning a shop like that someday, you know, building a nice shop on a piece of land and a house and whatnot. But um, yeah, you know, heck that's sometimes though, like the organization and the, the, the team dedication that they got, you know, they've had guys stick with them for a long time and um, that can win you races, you know, when you have a good solid team. And um, right now I got a pretty good team this year too, you know, so uh, they've worked, my guys, they've worked really hard. Uh, and my dad, he's 72 years old, basically at uh, 71, 72, something like that. And um like he's out there like my age, you know, all the time. Just working awesome. My two he's guys, Austin, Zach, and my mom and my girlfriend and any, anyone at the shop that just, uh, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. But yeah, like they, uh, 
like you were saying, they unload their car and they got a, a good wash bay there. Miniature blue beacon is what I call it. <laughs> and, and there's not one time that rig pulls in the track and it is not spotless. Yeah. You know, it is shining all the time. With, with that being said, um, let's kind of start ending this up. I want to thank you so much for all your time because you're a true dirt racer. I know you're working in the shop. I see you on Snapchat. Uh, why? Why was this year so incredible? Why? I mean, I know you kind of got a little, not a slow start, but what, what happened this year that mm -hmm. made you just get it on? Uh, a lot of things really, you know, you look at the end of the last year and uh, we had a good stretch at the end of last year in our Pierce car. And uh, I think we just carried that momentum into this year, even though we had a switch to Longhorn chassis, Bilstein shocks, a uh, bunch of different things, you know, that we, that we changed our program. And, you know, whenever you make a change like that, as you know, it, it's tough sometimes. And we went into it, we were like, man, we don't know how this is going to go because it could, it could be a huge learning curve. And right off the bat, the first race, we almost beat uh, Jonathan Davenport, Kyle Larson, all them guys, the very first race. But uh, was that so New Vado? What's that? Is that at New Vado? Uh, yeah, Vado. That was Slide City, USA. Man, yeah, yeah. you gave me so much entertainment in the winter, sitting back here watching on flow. Right. Yeah, that was a, a good week for us. And, and we won two of the six races at Vado. So that was the first races of the year. Um, you know, a lot of help from all the guys at Longhorn, uh, Matt Langston, Kevin Rumley, uh, Steve Arpin. I'm sure you know Arpin. He's a great guy. Know him very well. You know, they just really, uh, you know, brought us in with open arms and, uh, you know, their car is really good. So when I practiced it right off the bat, I was like, man, we got something, we got something to work with here. So went to Vado. That was good. Went to Volusia. Uh, that was our first World Outlaw race. And just, I don't know, it just continued to, to get better and better throughout the year. And here we are. Well, Bobby, uh, you know, We've all got a lot of great fans. And one fan said to me, Kenny, it's getting old when you end these conversations. You say, well, you've done it all. <laughs> but but you've done it all. Uh, you're a champion. You won the World 100. I, I read all those stats off. So you've done it all. Uh, I wish you a lot more success. I know you got to get up out there in the shop right now. Uh, you got it. <laughs> Get that slip yoke ride. It it, it right. I mean, you, you got to get the springs rebuilt. You got to get your your stuff cleaned up. Uh, you know, I know what you're up against. Uh, don't, I tell me, don't tell me everything I got to do. I just, tell I me, tell, that's just great. What do you, what do you got to do? No, I was saying I don't want to have to think of all the things I got to do because it's a lot. <laughs> well, you're nocturnal. You if 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 you're still the way I know you. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got a disease. You how late? I mean, you you stay awake all through the night. Do you go to bed like four in the morning or how do you still do that? Yeah. You know, when you race so much and you drive from track to track, um, sometimes you get there like 5 a.m. So that's just kind of became my normal. Um, I'll wake up kind of later, work later. But I think, uh, well, a couple of things. One, it makes me better in the race because, you know, it's not really my bedtime yet. So you've been up since seven. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, my girlfriend, she would definitely like it if I uh, changed my sleeping habits. But, uh, you know, it, it's the racer life. And uh, 
I, I can get up early if I have to. Right. But I don't want to have to. Well, if I have to, I can. I, I teased about the slip yoke because I heard you, uh, your chassis binding up. And, and we know how bad race cars go if the yoke binds up in and out of that transmission. And I, I know your car was just blowed apart. These race cars, they got to move. And when stuff starts binding up, there goes everything. Traction right. and the cars. I mean, that's why that's why I, I was so beat up. The more the car got beat up, it just I was taking it was taking a toll on everybody. But hey, we'll be ready for the next one. We'll be ready for Charlotte. Uh, got our eyes set on that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, all right, everybody. Listen, we are in podcast form now. We're on Spotify, iTunes. Listen to this Bobby Pierce conversation on your way to work. And we know it's long and you're going to want to hear it all. And then listen to it on the way home. Uh, Bobby, thank you so much for being on Kenny Conversation. Hey, thanks, Kenny. It was a lot of fun. And I know you've had a lot of uh, special people on here, but uh, and I'm glad to be one of them. So uh, thank you. Uh, not as special as you. Stop <laughs> it. I don't want to hear that type of talk. All right, everybody. Well, listen, we got the best coming up. I mean, we've got them all. We're just going to keep on rolling. Until next time, we'll see you.